This is Melanie Ake, your host for Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Shannon Cox, who has made intentional decisions to break the cycle to overcome emotional voids that she developed early in life as a wife, mother of triplets, business owner, and cancer survivor. Shannon has designed her life to be an advocate and an inspiration to everyone she knows. Listen in and learn how this everyday leader is changing the world. Start your personal growth journey today, where you can learn how to be an everyday leader in your life. Go to everydayleaders.com. Register for personal growth and development classes so you can develop your own strategies to be a leader in your life. If you're ready for one-on-one accountability, I will walk beside you as your personal coach to help you gain clarity and perspective to lead your life and career as an everyday leader. If you're ready to develop your spiritual growth, you can gather with us for the Everyday Leaders Leadership Devotionals. We meet every day at 7.30 a.m. And we apply these leadership lessons and values to our everyday lives. Go to everydayleaders.com and become a leader that can change the world. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, Shannon Cox of Franklin, Indiana. Thanks for joining Everyday Leaders this morning. Wow. <laughs> Hi, Allie. Sorry. <laughs> there. He wanted to join you. Shannon and Oreo. <laughs> I love this. So many things that we're doing with Everyday Leaders is celebrating people in the community. And I love this, Shannon, because we've known each other for oh gosh, 15 years. And it's so crazy to think of how our lives have changed and the things that you're doing. And so really, thank you for coming on and just sharing your story today. Oh, thank you for having me. You are a mom of triplets. I want to start there. That's where we first met. Tell me what life has been like knowing that you have, you were pregnant with three children. And when they- Oh, oh my gosh, yes, because so, so many mothers say, I couldn't even imagine having triplets. But I want you okay, to tell so, us about that journey. Okay. First, we tried for a long, long time to get pregnant. It took a long time. So it was after we were married three years. We had tried for three years. And it literally, we were wiped out financially and everything. And we finally said, this is it. We can't do this anymore. Well, I ended up being pregnant. So the next time that we went to check, and it was a blessing. We were so excited. So then the next time we went for a checkup, I had to go, like, every couple weeks. Um, they're like, oh, you're having twins. Eric and I were ecstatic. We always wanted twin girls. That was, like, our dream. So I got really sick on a Friday, really, really bad sick. And 
um, the doctor made me come in on Monday, and I said, okay, and I didn't think Eric was in this time. I thought, no, I'm just sick because I don't have twins. I'm just really nauseated. So I go in on Monday, and he goes, well, you're not going to believe this. And I'm like, well, he goes, well, I know what's making you sick. He goes, you're actually having triplets. And I said, what? And I started crying, and I said, I am never coming back to see you again because you add another kid every time I come back. <laughs> So I had been off and took a quick crying so I could drive home. But, yes, it was uh, quite the shock, but we, we were ecstatic about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't change it for the world. And people were like, well, how do you do it? And I said, well, first of all, I've never had this one kid. So I don't know what it's like to have one kid. I only know what it's like to have three kids at one time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it makes a difference. And they did come early, 28 weeks. And I have one that's special needs and has a shunt. And um, it was a long road. A long road, lots of surgeries. She's had over 18 brain surgeries. Um, but you keep going. You keep doing that. Um, one of the things that got me through um, in first grade, he almost died because um, you're not going to take your shunt out. And um, his shunt got infected. It was a, a late-night surgery, like midnight. And they said, hey, we're going to take it out. He has a staph infection through his entire body. I'm like, oh, I thought they couldn't do that. It's a blessing in disguise, too, because... By that time, they had a shunt that was programmable. So instead of having surgeries um, after that, but he was in the hospital for 57 days, and we'll get back to that in a second. The program, the program was not all they do is put a magnet on top of your head, and they can adjust the dial to open or close it more, mm-hmm. to let the spinal fluid flow more or less. Mm-hmm. So it was a blessing in disguise. But what got me through that time, because it was 57 days in the hospital, was I actually read through Job. God led me to Job, and I know that's just a weird one to be led to, but it was amazing. And I always tell everybody, when they're going through something, please read Job, please. <laughs> because you would not believe everything. I mean, it was just crazy. So so now they're 23. Um, she was in her master program, and Tyler just finished his associate's degree, so... Life's just crazy, um, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Mm-hmm. So Joshua and Shelby and Tyler, and when we met you, they were playing elementary basketball. And so I right. laughed because it was always the triplets, you know, the triplets mom, the triplets mom. And you were so involved in everything, of course, celebrating your kids, you know, being able to be right there and, and being the cheer coach and Eric being uh, the basketball coach. And, and so kind of watching you through your life and helping, you know, as any parent would, giving everything you can to your kids and and putting yourself in their lives to make sure that they oh. had everything that they needed. Absolutely. Um, on day three, when Tyler was born, he had a grade four hemorrhage because they were 28 weeks, so they were uh, three months early. Mm-hmm. The doctor came in on day three and said, I'm sorry, he's had a grade four hemorrhage, which is the worst you can have. And they said, He'll be a vegetable. We're just preparing you. He'll never walk. He'll never talk. You know, we're just preparing you. So when I went back for their year party they have at the NICU at Methodist, they asked if I had had another kid. And I said, no, why? They said, well, where's Tyler? And I go, he's right here. He was walking, I mean, with braces and stuff, but he could talk. Um, obviously, he wasn't as advanced as Josh and Chubby, but... Um, but by having a brother and sister the same age, they pushed him. But we made sure he had all the therapy he needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did what we had to do. We did not want him to, you know, have to be like that. If it was, 
any way possible not to be. Well, you provided him all of the resources as parents, and I think any parent would do what you did, you know, to try to, to provide any resources that you can uh, to support that growth. And so I just applaud you for that because it's not been easy when, you know, people think, oh, it's hard having a kid, and then you add a second one, and, and oh, you have no idea how that uh, enters into your life. But having three, one with special needs, uh, and then having the success that you all have had in your family, you know, watching you grow through that and seeing how capable Tyler is today and just how he's enjoying so much of his life as a normal kid. Uh, it's, yeah. it's really, really amazing to see. And, and so I'm really proud of you for that. And I wanted to start the program off celebrating you and your family, because I think that's where it starts and that's where your heart is. And so many people that know you, Shannon, uh, really connect to you also challenging going back to school. You know, this is a big thing that many people that say, oh, it's just something that I do. I decided that I had time. I'm going to go back. But it's not just going back to school. It's finishing something that you really desired and saying, okay, it's time to go back and invest in myself because I can contribute. I can do more. I have better skills. Uh, and I really want to develop this. And so I want to I want you to talk to our listeners today that are saying, okay, I have kids, we're in isolation, like I don't feel like I can do anything new or change my life. I want you to walk us through that process of what it felt like for you in the middle of raising these triplets and all the pressures of life, going back to school and sticking to it. Yes, that was a challenge, but you know, I just decided I wanted to do it. Um, I wanted to be an accountant. I had worked in a dental office for 10 years. I'd been, been the, done the dental assisting, and I'd also had moved up to the front and started doing payroll by hand and doing all that. So I decided to go back and get a bachelor's degree in accounting and be an accountant. I did this while the kids were in school, um, played every sport. They did travel soccer, school soccer. Um, they ran track. Um, Teller was the manager, which has been amazing. The school did for him. And it'd be nice. I'd be up till two or three o'clock in the morning, and then get up at five o'clock and start my day again. Mm-hmm. Um, but is it worth it? Yeah, because it sh- it showed my kids that they're capable of doing so much. I never missed a single game. I never missed any event they had at school. I went to school. I ended up graduating top of my class, summa cum laude, um, with all of that going on in my life. And my husband travels when he works, so. It all fell back on me, and I never asked anybody for help because I want my kids to see in life that they can do it. You just got to put your mind to it, and you can do anything. And I'm so proud of them. They have. I mean, like, I have two getting a master's degree, and like I said, and Tyler, who they said would never do anything. He actually graduated with a diploma, and he has an associate degree. Mm-hmm. Now, was it a struggle for him? Yeah. But Eric and I were there to help him get through it. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about consistency. Because when you say, you know, you showed up at every game, you were studying, you were graduating, you know, summa cum laude, that, that's so impressive, the things that you've done. And Eric was traveling. And so those of us that know you personally know that that's been difficult. You know, you always look at somebody on the outside and say, oh, you're happy, things are going great. But on the inside, you know, it's a struggle. Every day you have to show up and you have to just do it, right? You have to be consistent. So... I agree with that. Consistency is the thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go off the subject just for a second. Um, I get really bad migraine. Um, I inherited it from my mom. 
my mom would just go to bed and sit in the dark. And so when I get migraines, um, she's like, I don't know how you can't just go to bed and do it. And I said, Mom, I have to be here every day for my kids. I can't just go to bed. You know, I have to be here for them and help them with whatever they're going through. I just deal with my migraine and go get through it. So that's another consistency is when you have migraines and you, sometimes you don't feel good and you want to be in the dark, but I just don't do it. I learned to get through them all. I may be sick, but I get through it all, so I could be there for the kids. Um, I want to be. I want. I guess that was my. I put that as a priority to me. I never wanted to miss anything for my kids, so I was just consistent on everything I did every day. Make sure I was organized. Um, I was even manager, um, like of the kids' soccer teams, the travel ones, and that's a lot. Um, that way, I stayed involved. Mm-hmm. And you just you just make a schedule. You stick to it. Um, of course, friends just get thrown in it, and you just go with it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we talk about all of these concepts of leadership and we think about expanding our ideas and contributing. And, and so for people that would say, I don't have time or I have to be involved because I just have to be involved, but you have contributed in so many ways. And I want to take us to what you're doing now um, with your 31 business, because now you've got your accounting degree, you're working, you have started this 31 business. Uh, so for all of you people that are listening right now, go to Shannon Cox, Shannon Smith Cox on Facebook <laughs> and join her 31 group <laughs> because she's doing some great things. And I want you to talk about how you decided to start this again, another side business and, and what you're doing with this business today. Actually, I felt like God led me to this business. Um, I actually lost my job in November. Um, I've been there for 18 years. Um, the lady who owned it, who I'd been with, she sold the company and had a contract for herself and none of the rest of us. So they fired everybody else, um, in February of that year before, um, and they kept me on. Well, they decided I made too much money in November and let me go and hire a 26 year old who made a lot less money and had me train him. So, but this is funny because this is just another God thing. I had already had some accounting business on the side I did just for extra money on top of everything else I did. Um, So I just opened my own business and I do my own accounting. I do taxes, financials and stuff for clients. So I actually have my own business now and I don't have that way. I don't work nine to five or nine to midnight when it's tax season. Um, I do my own hours and I work out of my home so I can travel if I need, you know, to go be with the kids somewhere. Um, but one of 31's mottos is to give back. Um, and I've always loved helping others. That's just my, I think that's my gift is to help others and give them, make, see their face out positive impact. I just think that's what I, you know, I just, I don't know, I just think it's my gift for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so 31's really opened up an avenue that allows me to give back to people. Um, I am a cancer survivor. Um, I was diagnosed in October of 16 mm-hmm. with squamous cell carcinoma. Um, I've had three major surgeries on my face, well, mainly my forehead and other than my nose. I got like a indent. Um, it keeps coming back. It's the kind of cancer that just keeps coming back. It doesn't ever really leave. So I find new spots all the time. Every time I go back, I have a new spot, which is fine. I don't ever let it get me down. I just keep going. So I felt led um, to give back. So I have a contact. I've been on the Relay for Life team probably for 15 years in Franklin, um, Cancer First Prayer. So I've seen a lot of cancer and seen it in my family. 
So I decided to um, do my call my contact there and do the cancer care caddies. So um, I asked you with a sponsor, I'm gonna like fifteen dollars a sponsor. And then I fill them with my commission. I don't ask for anybody to help me fill them. I use my own commission, so I make no money off of it. In fact, I probably lose a little bit of money, which I don't care because that's what I want to do. And they have like water in them and sort of throat lozenges because they get dry and cards to play and a notebook and a pen to write stuff down. Chapstick for dry lips, lotion. I mean, I just fill them up. Um, so I do that. And now, right now, with the um, healthcare stuff, I'm actually doing prayer court pouches for the healthcare heroes. Um, and the first set went to the COVID unit at Methodist, and the ladies were so excited. They have like snacks in them, and hand lotion, and chapstick, a fingernail file, a really nice little thank you thing um, I put in there, um, gum, candy, and a little button that says like super or fantastic, you know, I mean, just something positive um, that they could put on to make them, because they are superheroes right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's so amazing to watch, you know, your community that's building, because it is what your why is. When you said, you know, you were designed to just give back, and you're always finding some way to try to be creative and, and think of ways you know, and your 31 group, I love it because you're you're playing games, you're making it fun. You want people to be included in the journey. And, and I think that's right. in a scary part right now, we're being isolated. But I want you to, to help people understand what's going on in your life, too. Because, you know, as you said, you transitioned out of a job that was stable in just, you know, a few months ago in November before all of this COVID started happening. But your husband had to take a job in a different state, several states away. Yes. And, and so, so I want to hear about that for people because this hasn't just been this is isolation on you. Uh, you're experiencing it a lot differently than a lot of people. I try not to think of it that way. We do. But I also, when people say things to us, I can't believe that you live in a different state than your husband. Okay, well, think about the military people. Mm-hmm. They do, too, and they do it for years at a time. I see my husband at least once every two weeks or, you know, sooner, except for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it had been a month, and he came home last night. I was so excited. Um, so he got home last night, but he has to leave again on Monday. You know, he has to go back to work. And I'm thankful he still has a job to this, but he does. He lives in Alabama, and we do plan to move there at some point, but... I'm still going to be show up and be from here for my other kids. You know, Josh and Shelby, they're still in college. They're in a master's program. I'm not going to sell our home that they've known their entire life um, out from under them and then, then have nowhere to live. So my husband and I sacrifice, and we travel back and forth to see each other. About a seven-and-a-half-hour drive, sometimes we decided that we were going to do this. Um, we see each other, like, every two weeks, and sometimes, you know, more than that, Every other weekend, you know, we might switch because uh, sometimes I have to go down there and come back. So um, I have to drive down or he, has to, he drives back home. This has been the longest time, though. It's been a month. Um, he came home yesterday. I was so excited because of all the COVID stuff, mm-hmm. which I was a little nervous when coming home. I'm like, hey, no, you can't come in. Oh, you should. And I was like, you don't know what rules in this house now. Like, we were all joking, at the, not joking, um, because one thing about me is, yes, I'm consistent and show up every day, but I'm also a little OCD, so I like things a certain way. Um, and that's why I always say I'm a good accountant because I'm not, I, I, because I am black and white and there's no gray. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, it is what it is and that's what it is. So he got to come home last night, so that's great. Um, 
we decided to do this because our kids are in college and we don't want them to feel like we've abandoned them. Um, they'll be starting their lives soon um, outside of our home. Like kids do, they grow up and go on. So, but I wanted them to be able to have their family home here while they're finishing school and not have to worry about, you know, where they're going to live or what they're going to do or money, um, just so they can finish so they can get a job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so with you being a part, you know, it's because military families experience this, but most people, you know, that you know in your community, they may say, well, my spouse travels and, and they may leave from week to week. But it's knowing, I think your vision, the bigger picture is you're doing this for long-term goals. And so from a leadership lesson, right, it's people that are listening to this saying, uh, you know, COVID-19, this is really stressful. You have to change your environment. You have to change things. You're doing things differently than you've ever done them before. But this isn't going to be permanent. This is just temporary. And, And to focus on the bigger picture, right? And I think that's the lesson that I think you have so much value and helping people understand that it is about your faith and it is about seeing what you want it to look like because you can make oh, those significant changes, right? Right. And if I didn't have my trust in God and my faith, I don't know where I'd be. And, and I, I think that's hard. I, I think about that all the time. I, I hear people say things that I'm just like, I don't understand. How can you not know who's there? I mean, there's a lot of things that you don't see that are there. Um, I don't know. If I didn't have God in life, I don't think we could have made it where we are now with our kids because we just pull our strength from him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what are you doing? Uh, and I want to ask you this because, you know, one of these leadership questions always comes up of who do you model? I know your kids are so influenced by watching what you guys have done and provided for them and giving them a great structure and so it's really important to think about, like, who inspires you to continue to strive to be more and to strive to be that, that consistent person that shows up every day? I have to tell you, mine's probably the opposite way. What drives me is for me to change the way things were. I want to, what I, like, break the, break the protocol, break what was going on in my life. Like, I wanted to turn around and be a good parent and be there for my kids and not have favorites and not show them that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, I just break the cycle. Do you understand? Like, so that's what drove me is to break the cycle. Wow. That's huge. So that's, that's not easy though. That, Shannon, yeah. when you say that, take me back to what it felt like to think about your life in a cycle, continuing in a cycle that wasn't changeable. Because, you know, we're talking about fear and people that are stepping up to change their lives, and now they've been forced to change, and it's so uncomfortable. But you're saying you forced change. Yeah, I wasn't going to be – my grandparents always showed favoritism from everybody, um, both sides. Um, You know, my parents worked all the time, and I appreciate that, and I think that's great, and I hope they don't hear this podcast. Um, My – I was 32 years old. I'll never forget it. I never heard my dad tell me he loved me. And um, that's something we tell our kids every single day, every day. In fact, they, we have a group of group text. It's, it's so amazing. We just love our family group text, especially during this COVID thing. It's hilarious because we're in three different places. So it's really funny. But anyway, so I wrote my dad a letter and told him how I felt. And I put it on his car window. And um, 
I didn't hear anything, and I thought I called and said, did you get my letter? I said, well, you shouldn't have known I loved you. Okay, Daddy, well, how would I know that if you never told me? Because mm. people think that all the time. Well, my kids just know I love them. How? Are you positive with them? Do you tell them you love them? Do you give them a hug? Um, I just think that's important. I think that's important to do with your kids every day. I just think um, I, I, my, my mom's a guilt chopper. Her mom's a guilt chopper. Well, I absolutely hate guilt tripping because of being raised like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't do that. Mm-hmm. And do they do that to my kids? Yeah, and my, my kids will tell them because of me. I mean, they're kind of straightforward like I am, but, I mean, I broke the cycle. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not a guilt tripper. I'm going to tell my kids I love them every day. I want them to know that. I don't know. I, I broke the cycle just because I think it's, and that's one of the hardest things to do because you just get in a routine growing up. I'm not saying I wasn't loved because I was, but I just knew how I wanted to be a parent mm-hmm. and what my kids to feel because I felt like I was never good enough, and I still to this day feel like that. So, Wow. What you just said is so powerful. Our listeners are thriving and thirsting for people to connect like you, Shannon, because everybody goes through this, and you, you self-reflect, you know, and if you haven't, if you haven't gotten out your journals by now, go back and listen to every single part of this because there are so many transitions. You've, you're a survivor of cancer. You have triplets with one special needs kid. You've traded off the security of having your family together all the time so that you can make a bigger and better life, going back to school, completing your degree, giving back to the community, making those sacrifices just from your heart. Part of this is... You know, chapter one of my very favorite leadership book is The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. And it talks about the law of intentionality. And this is really, when I think about a leader, I think about Shannon Cox and saying, what you do every day, growth isn't just going to happen. You have to lean into it. You have to figure out what your life is going to look like so that you can design it for that purpose. And you have done specifically and exactly that to bring change for the good, to grow and to be bigger and to be able to understand what your contribution is supposed to be in life. So I celebrate you because it's not easy, but you have committed to your process and it's to be commended. Thank you. Absolutely. Ah, My heart just goes out to you. Shannon, I want you to tell um, all, all of our listeners, how do we connect to you? How do we get into your, if people are wanting 31 products and you want to really do something for a group that's going to give back into local communities, uh, it's so important. Oh, and I do fundraisers. So if a family's in need and then they want to have a show, I'll give them my 25% commission to help them out. Mm-hmm. Like, I will give back. So um, I, I like to do fundraisers. I've done one before. Um, to help with, like, humane society. So, because God will bless me. I mean, I'm not worried about that. God always blesses, you know, so I can't complain about that. Mm-hmm. If somebody else needs it more than I do, please let me know. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with that. And how they can connect to me, I am on Facebook uh, under Shannon's Miss Cox. So, if you find me, you probably find my VIP or for friends with Melanie. <laughs> That's right. She's on there. Um, you can connect with her. 
We'll be sharing all the links for all of your Facebook and and the and the VIP for the 31 because I think it's so important for people to follow just genuine, authentic people in our communities that are inspiring others to think about ways that they can be everyday leaders in our lives. And so the critical part is figuring out what inspires you. People say, I don't know my value. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm just living as I've thought it's supposed to be. But there is a bigger purpose for you in your life. And so I really want to encourage people that are listening to this today to take out your journals, to think about the successes that you've had in your life. And did you influence those successes? And if someone else has encouraged you to do that, who have been your mentors that have pulled you up, been beside you, cheered you on, celebrated you? These are the people right now, especially in these critical times of change, that we need to surround ourselves with. Because every single person has it inside of ourselves. We have been designed for a purpose. And if you haven't found it yet, keep trying. Keep trying every day. And that's what an everyday leader is. And that Never is you. Give up. That is you, Shannon Never. Cox. Never give up. Look for something positive in every day. Absolutely. I appreciate you. I thank you, Shannon. Um, we want to celebrate you as an everyday leader. Uh, many things to come. We'll be doing some Facebook lives on personal growth to keep connecting people to your message and your passion. And so thank you for coming on today. And I want to encourage everyone to rise up to the challenge and be an everyday leader in your life. Thank you for having me. This has been a Joe Studios production.